0: Training Begins Every day mattered urgently. The winter layers were in need of shedding. I desired to restore my physical condition, adequate enough for some rigorous upcoming adventures. My eyes remained hooked on the other side of those mountains by Whitefish Lake. Such a feat would compel some training to get my body right. Motivation grew higher than ever, appreciating the end of the entire experience of was fast approaching. These adventures needed to move into top gear while the opportunity danced before me. The Montana weather finally provided intermittent warmth, with the sun making more frequent appearances. The sunshine would also act as a master motivator, regardless of the temperature. Training on the tracks. What got me out today?
1: Shower day. It's been a while. Also, clear skies. At 11 a.m., After finishing my taxes, I stored up water in my stomach, ate an orange, grabbed a handful of peanuts for later use, and headed out to where? I figured I'd check out Boyle and look with the binocs for what rested on the far end of the lake. People or sitting logs. I also felt the need to condition for a long trek in a few days, which got fewer as I decided. I'll make a long to-and-from run to town on Saturday to test my endurance and check out some things as well. With that new piece of knowledge and the need to ascend up the mountain... I began to look at this as training and purposely picked up my pace and picked the harder sections to walk in to regain excellent condition. The winter softened me. I only expected a quick run by Boyle and then maybe a hard push up to Kim's Peak, but kept moving wherever my legs guided me. And they didn't stop. By curiosity, I drifted out to the lake as the sun off the snow forced my eyes to squint. And as I suspected, what I'd been seeing for many times were logs out in the ice for people to sit, though I misjudged the purpose for ice fishing, I would figure. No, actually, they had a campfire? On the lake? Last I checked, fire melts ice, but it's none of my business, I suppose. Somehow, I ended up at Thornbird Lake. I kind of knew I would, judging by the direction from the northwest wind sky, but the truth is, I didn't care about getting lost. I had my tracks and snowmobile tracks to follow, and even without those, I remembered my way home. So... At Thornburg, I wanted to rediscover my trail that Andy had taken in October, I think, to get to Wood Lake and to the ski hill, but nah. I shifted gears to scout a route to the railroad to determine if how I'd travel might have been quicker. Completely wrong. I came to the tracks on a fast run down a steep slope, and from there, I felt no urge to stop. I'll go up a way and see what the tracks are all about, I figured. It was a gorgeous day for training, so I shoved on and on. I'd seen a gigantic figure in one of the trees and through binocs could discern it to be a large, dark raptor. Golden eagle, I thought. I needed maybe 20 more yards closer and I would be able to tell. Definitely a raptor because a congregation of ravens kept harassing it. And so, I slowly advanced, watching its movements that would give me a sign that I might spook it. Despite caution, it finally spread its wings and flew out of sight. After I heard the choo-chooing of that damn train, The ravens pursued the escape, leaving me mad. Not a single train all day, and only one of two in the seven hours I roamed, and it ruined good chances to see this creature better. But, oh well. This won't be the last time to look at one, so I pushed on after the train passed and became intrigued by a pile of grain near its previous perch. Perhaps it lay in wait with a hunger for fur or feather to become roadkill. Trackkill. Attempting to feed on the grain. I pushed further, spooked some type of vulture, passed some bay on Whitefish Lake, and came to another. From that view I could see the town close by. I did have my keys, but I'd been just the day before, so I decided not to conduct a town run. No, no need. The bay gave a refreshing first break after six quick miles and gave me a view of an awesome duck. I believe it's a golden eye. Reddish head, golden eye, white patch, and white dot near the rump. Once I get my bird book I can look up some stuff. Two white streaks on the side of the head, only black and white. So Going no further meant going back, but I didn't want to go home, so I kept going on the railroad. I walked to the point where I named the cliffs that hugged the train tracks on each side Suicide Squeeze, because it was suicide going in the topless tunnel if a train came through simultaneously. Inside the tunnel, there stood an electric fence on either side of the tracks, presumably to keep deer out. This tactic failed miserably as a few deer carcasses lay in the tunnel. The problem was that I wouldn't have room to tuck off to the side if a train came, It was dealing with the electric wiring, so I had the option of death by train or death by electricity. Mmm, such delicious options. I have maybe a foot gap where I could stand between where a train would be and the wires. Not much at all. Yet, to circle around it meant going into the water, climb up a rock face, or going into some deep, deep snow and hills. It stretched about 40 yards long, so the odds seemed low that I'd meet a train. I felt I could low crawl under the wire and be okay if necessary, but I'd have to drop into that position before the train passed by. I stopped and listened for several minutes. I did the stand-by-me ear-to-rail technique. I made a full sprint and ran the fastest 40-yard dash of my life using the rail planks as level footing. I guess the train never came because I'm riding this. I reserved a few minutes to think about what I'd done, what words slugverse might have used, and all the poor choices in my life that brought me to that point. Looking back at all the deer carcasses revealed, it probably wasn't my best decision. I retraced my old route up the hill, and that's where thirst and fatigue started reminding me that I hadn't had fluids since 11 p.m. the night before with constant walking. I did not pee, which meant my body utilized fluids better, so on passing branches, I'd lick some snow for mild replenishment. As I approached the field that overlooks Whitefish Lake, I felt like observing a vista that I knew down the road. I would regret taking for granted a vast chain of mountains extending far under beautiful skies. I studied the range to tell what path I might take. It got me thinking about Montana and how beautiful the Whitefish area is. But the thinking ended with the chainsaw in the valley. I pushed on until the setting sun by the eerily foggy Boyle lake told me, demanded to watch it say goodbye. The deep red slash orange sky said goodbye to me, and I made the last stretch of path as mindlessly as I had come the other way. Inside, the clock told me 6.30 p.m., and food and water danced within. Montana.
0: Oligar, 216 2000 A trip to town on foot for a second time was due. I opted against going dressed as a Northern California hobo auditioning for a mountain man during this stint. Rather, I would have only my normal attire— no pathetic spear either the tracked path along the whitefish lake would be the course not the perfect route but with enough snow on other trails remaining this would have to do trip to town from
1: 219 2000 ring 6am time to venture off i had a long long day ahead of me indeed i saw the sunrise at 630 and pushed pretty hard about 3.2 miles per hour the morning started out as beautiful, and the day continued to be clear and happy. Decent conditions for a long trudge on this day. Not much action, I guess. I passed a few bays, saw my share of ravens, but I had my best action at the train tracks. I saw the railroad workers in a pickup on the tracks ahead. I, I gave the old chit-chat with the fella, and from this agreeable fella did I learn that I stood about 2.5 miles from town. He told me the down wires by Boyle are dead, and so were the wires inside Suicide Squeeze. This was good news because I plan on having to climb up the cliff to pass by that section. Lastly, the grain on the tracks spilled from cargo. He closed by stating that technically I'm not supposed to be on the tracks, but that it was okay. He offered a ride, but I declined and continued onward. Ten minutes further, I arrived at Suicide Squeeze. I had much less concern knowing those wires weren't hot and decided to run through it again. I would have plenty of room to low crawl should I need to. I felt safe. When I got to the halfway point, 20 yards in, I looked back to a fast-approaching object on the tracks without making a single sound, and it spooked the shit out of me. It was the same work truck as before. The expression on their faces showed amusement and disgust at the same time somehow. If a train would have made that little noise, I would have been splatted with all the other deer. I pushed on, eventually passing a few houses, then walked the coast by the state park and finished on a stretch that led me to Birch Place, then Ramsey. 93 at about 10:30 a.m with no proper rest i did my deeds in town and by one or so with a fresh pair of socks i started heading home i met that train fellow again and he seemed glad to see me in one piece i pushed onward. to tell the truth i didn't feel like messing around with the train track crap anymore i must mention that i am now carrying about 40 pounds of books sent from my parents at the post office so after looking on the map across the track from beaver bay there should have been a path that would lead me to Beaver and Dollar Lake. No more tracks for me. Instead, I picked a trail that led me through thick-ass who-knows-where. I found an interesting spot with a nice rock face to climb about 30 or so feet. It looked like it'd have a magnificent spot to view the sunset, but I had my heavy pack, so I pressed on. I'll have to stroll back there soon. I eventually said screw it and left the trails westward, hoping to get to the lake through even heavier shit uphill and uphill and uphill forever man all the while with about 1.5 hours of daylight left if i couldn't find beaver i'd have to primitive camp out that night no big deal to me but i prided on pushing hard with a positive attitude through exhausting conditions and with no water left i ate snow for hydration i found the shores you betcha with a warm break standing overlooking its beauty I made my way home pretty much with a mindless last run to the ski area because I've got to see the sunset. I'd seen the sunrise, and I want to admire the sunset too. I don't know if I've ever seen both the sunrise and sunset on the same day. Actually, I just laid on the hill, tired as ever, and didn't do anything but lay there. Finally, I drifted home on the rough ground to the cabin, ending about 23 miles in 12 hours.
0: And man,
1: I'm tired.
0: Oliver. That trek sufficed in place of a few brief daily treks, but almost two weeks passed. I reluctantly resumed the training for the big mountain climb, understanding that will be the toughest challenge yet. I had to inspect what lay on the other face of the mountain.